0: Mission This is Mission Sunday Special Edition. Typically, the first Sunday of the month is always Mission Sunday. But this is Mission Sunday Special Edition. Now, so many of you sitting in this room right now have, have, have came to be a part of the Voice of Praise family within the last five years. And I want to share just a little something with you on this special Mission Sunday. Uh, back in 2017... Actually, it began in 2016. Uh, Voice of Praise Worship Center. We began a campaign to do a missions project in Honduras. But I want to read just a little bit about the heart of the Lord before we, uh, before I share more with you in detail about that Honduras. He said, "Man, that's been five years ago, preacher. Why are you bringing that up now? Well, you don't understand here in just a moment." Uh, Pam read this. But I want to share it with you just a little bit more. Just the first three verses. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord His name. Proclaim the good news of His salvation from day to day. Tell of His glory among the nations. His wonderful deeds among all the peoples. So, going back to 2017... Going back to Honduras, we we went over there, and uh, that, that was a pretty rough-looking crew right there. Uh, some of us looked five years younger back then, didn't we? Uh, but we went to Honduras, and uh, we went up into the, literally went up into the mountains, actually went on top of the mountains at the place where it rains fish once a year. Once a year, in Yoro, Yoro, it rains fish, and that's where we went. We went up there with the team, and and I know that's a little dark. It's the best picture I had when we got there, it, it was like two courses of block out of the ground. The piers had been poured, and that's a whole lot less than we were expecting because we were expecting it to be up at least wind a height. Uh, we jumped on this thing. There's so much we could be we could tell about this trip, but we laid block, we set rafters, we did a whole lot on this trip, and when we left we left a village of Hondurans, a church building that looks like this. Before that, they'd had a little mud hut that was about the fourth the size of that building. Now, that's great, and that's wonderful, and it's good. And it came through lots of work, lots of giving, and uh, lots of prayer. But then, uh, we also did kids' ministry while we were over there. And I, I wish I could have shown all the pictures, but there's not time. Look, the... Kids would walk all day long just to get there. Parents walk with their kids. And man, we would have, I think, 75 and 80 kids in kids' service about every single day. But here's the good thing. The ministry is still continuing on in Honduras. Those are some pictures. Now, to us, church means come in and and padded seats and fancy lighting and, and lots of music. But... Church in the, in, the, in that little village of uh, Chisano that we went to, what that village means is uh, women were taught how to bake bread. Women were taught are being taught how to sew. Children are being taught. Men are, I don't have any men's ministry photos, but men are being, being taught skills and they're learning things. They're teaching these people so much. We're making disciples is what the Word tells us to do. But here's the news this morning. I told you it was going to be big news. In partnership with the Appalachian Conference, the conference that we are a part of in the Pentecostal Holiness Church, Voice of Praise Worship Center is going to be partnering with the Appalachian Conference in a major building and ministry project in Peru this year. It's been five years since we went to Honduras. And I feel like it's time that we need to be stretching our wings out once again, uh, liter- literally and figuratively stretching our wings out and going into the field that is white to harvest. With that announcement being said, mm-hmm. I'm going to yield the service now to uh, Larry Matters. Larry is our Director of Missions and Evangelism in the Appalachian Conference, and his lovely wife Gloria, which is lovely the wife. better part of him, really. Yes, amen. Uh, amen. And uh, we we go back a long ways. Some of y'all go back to the camp days with Larry, maybe. Mm. Uh, but it's good to have Larry and Gloria with us this morning. He's <laughs> going to share a little bit more about Peru, and he's going to bring a word to us as well this morning.
1: Thank you, Pastor. Is, is that he'll do the video? Is that right?
0: when you're ready. Okay. Thank
1: you. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Hey, praise the Lord. You guys awake this morning? Yeah. I know you are because uh, that was some awesome worship that we enjoyed together, not only enjoy, but to participate, to come before his throne. That's what it's all about as the, the family of God. And so what an honor it is to now come and share with you the word of God in just a moment, but just to come on the heels of the exciting news from your pastor Wow. All I can say is double wow that this church, Voice of Praise, uh, is ready to again take a major role in world missions. You've always been a part of world missions, but to step up and say we want to put major investment and send people to do a church, that is a big deal. And I so much appreciate your pastor, um, NR and, and Sarah. Uh, they have always been visionary leaders. Now we have a lot in common. Now he he did outgrow his hair before I I'm getting there. But he outgrew his hair before I did, but we both like, you know, old fast cars, maybe more of the old fat old side than fast side, but uh I can always guarantee when this couple shows up to one of our meetings we're gonna have a good time. <laughs> so you're so blessed with this pastoral couple to be in here, and uh, so blessed to have great um, mission leaders, Trish and Rick Black, uh, who are missionaries with IPHC, it's good to be with them in service. Uh, Rick and I have been on a lot of trips together, and uh, we've done some good building, even building over on the campgrounds as well. But when you think about what's going on in the world, um, church, this just time. It's, you know, this whole era that we've been through just shows that God is up to something new. And I don't know about you, but I want to be in the middle of it. Amen? And so I want to tag team on what your pastor just said about this outreach in Peru. Now there's a video. Uh, go ahead and begin to show that. There's no audio to it. Um, but this is going to depict what happened almost one year ago. May of 2022 on the Amazon basin, the IPHC sent a team of 200 young people that was part of the awakening, part of the South uh, American IPHC churches on this big barge. And they went up for two weeks into the, the rainforest where the gospel is seldom heard. Amen? And... That's why I'm glad that we're part of this great family that God has put us with is that we've we've got missionaries like David Hodges that, that is right here who spearheaded this effort. But he trained these young people and took them out, and they began to divide up into three groups. One group, they went, as uh, far as they could, backpacking in the mountains. Another group rode bicycles, mountain bikes, as far as they could. Another group got into like smaller boats and went to other villages. But what you're seeing is the services that they conducted over two weeks period. Uh, and what blesses me is to see the people responding to the gospel. You know this I don't know what revival looks like to you. That looks like revival. That looks like God is doing something in our in our world and in specifically Peru. And so when I heard when these groups come back, those three groups after two weeks came back to that barge and they began to recount what God had done amongst them. And they begin to talk about healings. They begin to talk about children coming to Christ, their parents coming to Christ. And they said, okay, how many? How many from your group? How many from yours and yours? When they totaled it, Now, I just emailed David again this week because it sounds like a Bible kind of number. It sounds like a Day of Pentecost number. And I was like, I don't want to share that unless I get it straight from somebody that was there. 9,076 people came to Christ. Hallelujah. Over 200 healings uh, that were verified. And, and so when I heard this last year, uh, Max Barroso, actually Max mentioned it to me before this team went out and I just began to pray, but when the report started coming back about what God was doing in this area of Peru, uh, and this is in the eastern part of the country. If you look at the map of Peru, uh, on the west there's Pacific and on the east is the, the, the Amazon begins and the rainforest begins and Puerto Madano is a, is a town that is on the fringe edge of the rainforest. And it's the jumping off spot to take these teams into the Amazon. And so what Max asked me to pray about and what I just began to sense the Holy Spirit was speaking to us as a family of churches in Appalachian Conference was they want to build a church that will serve as a church for a portion of these new converts. But they also want this church... And it's going to sit on five acres of land to have enough space to be a training center. So that this is not a one-off thing. They want to continue to send these teams, and they're going to send them again this year. But they want to continue to send these teams back into the rainforest because, again, it's a place that seldom hears the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so it's just like, you know... God, I'm just going to step out in faith. I already had a trip scheduled, um, but I just felt like God was saying, this needs to be done. And I began to put it out before our pastors and our churches because it's a $30,000 need. Listen, just a a decade, maybe a half ago, you could build a church in Latin America, South America, $7,500, $10,000. Isn't that right, Rick? But now, we're at 30,000, just because, you know, cement, the rebar, everything has went up exponentially. So, it's a big project, Uh, but your pastor's stepping up, and this church is stepping up behind this vision. Uh, It's going to be a big team, because we're going to bring this church up out of the ground. Uh, We're also going to do children's ministry. Heather and Scott Reynolds of Tree of Life are heading that up, if you uh, got a heart to build church, got a heart to see young people saved. You want to be a part of this team. You say, you know, I, I don't want to go. Well, pastor's going to ask you how you can participate in another way. Prayer for sure. We need that. We need to see, continue to see the, the spirit of God move in this region. We want, you know, you just got to take advantage. When the water's troubled, you got to move. And this is one of those situations where the water's troubled by the Spirit of God. So you want to be a part of prayer. You want to go. You want to give. This is your opportunity to get in on a move of God. Hallelujah. And, I, you know, we, we sit in America and we think, well, where's God moving? God's not moving, you know, like I used to see. Listen, here's the video. God is moving in our world today. And we can be a part of that. And we can not only be a part of that, but I believe as you... As the voice of praise plants seeds in the field, guess what's going to happen? God is a God who watches over His Word to perform it. He brings back and multiplies back in the area, I believe, of, of healings, of salvations, of finances, of whatever. Uh, God uh, is going to bless. He's going to bless it back here. And uh, I, as I said a while ago, God is up to something right now in our world today. We're, we're in a season of harvest around the world. The IPHC in, in, in Africa is mature and strong. They're planting their churches. They're having their own conferences. But that was a seed just 50 years ago. In South America, Latin America, in a similar situation, they're on the verge of that same breakout. We could talk about Asia. I could tell you about the church we planted. Uh, again, we raised the money, planted in Cambodia, And you know what that pastor told me? This is the power. You know, we come to church and we just kind of, oh, well, we're coming to church. That pastor told me in Cambodia, he said, the whole community is talking about what is happening here on this land. And I said, what do you mean? We're just building a church. He said, no, you don't understand. He said, they're saying that our God is as strong as their God's because of what this building, how it's going up so so fast and how fine it looks. Just by the building being there, it was a witness to those Buddhists that there was another God in town. (laughs) Hallelujah. I love it. And that's the power uh, of when we multiply the gospel through missions, through our prayers, through our giving. And God's been raising up young missionaries right out of our own conference. But listen, let me... I've got this good news. Go ahead and turn to 2 Timothy. And that's even better news. But I've got great news. I've just been... You know, I've just been sitting on go with this right here. We've been praying for many years to break into a spirit of generosity and missions giving across our conference. And you've been a part of that because you as a church, you've been a seventh star church given to every area of ministry at a legendary legacy level, which means that 10% of your budget is into missions. And you've been a top 10, you're a top 10 church again. But listen to this, collectively, as 150-some churches in the Appalachian Conference last year, you broke over, not only did you ever break over a new goal of global outreach giving of over 200000 you went all the way to $222,000 in global outreach. <laughs> Hallelujah! Isn't God a good God? And, and you went beyond what you were giving uh four thousand previous year over six thousand last year hallelujah thank you for that and thank you that this is a a big goal for years we wanted to get over the million dollar mark in giving collectively total as a conference last year we went over a million a million six thousand and nine hundred and seventy one dollars given to missions hallelujah praise the lord and I know you're saying, yeah, you're just, you're just one of them preachers that's all about the money. You're right. Because every dollar that I just mentioned has a name on it. I've asked that of the Lord. I said, God, every, every dollar, one, every one of those million dollars, may it have a name of somebody on it, just like we saw that's going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. May every one of those dollars Go and if it's a block for a church like that in Cambodia that says your God is as strong, they're just getting ready to find out he is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Amen. Amen. So yes, thank God that when we give, it translates into harvest. And so wow, I am just wound up today because God is so good. And are you there? Second Timothy. Uh, I've got a, a good word for you because it's God's word and uh, uh stand with me as we read the word 2 Timothy chapter two verse one. It says you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses. Entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. Now, Listen to the way Paul brings this into focus. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. For I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word, but God's word is not, is not chained. Father, we're thankful for the truth of the Word of God. We're thankful that wherever it's proclaimed, you bring freedom. We're thankful, Lord, that your Word goes forth and accomplishes that which you intended to do. And so, as always, may that be the case in this setting, this morning, in every heart present, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You to be seated. God's Word is not changed. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. And um, I've entitled it Off the Chain. You know, and I, different generations, that means different things, right? When um, I was pastoring over in Montgomery County, uh, we had a dog named Matthew. And one of them sorry deacons brought that dog to us and said, here, to my little kids at the time, give this... Dog a bath and we'll be back to pick him up. That dog lived for sixteen years. He never come to pick him up. <laughs> but Matthew was a he was a Houdini. He could get off the chain, and he would drag back. He would have deer parts of all sorts. The the time I was really concerned about the neighbors when he brought back half a pound cake. <laughs> I thought. Somebody's missing a pound cake right now. But that dog got off the chain. Now, you know, that meant that was kind of a troublesome thing. I had to go get my dog, you know, that got off the chain. But in latter years, we learned that modern culture began to say, man, when something's off the chain. What does that mean? Good, right? Right. That's like totally good. It's like it's just wide open off the chain. And so when we talk about God's Word not being chained, and this is what the American church especially, this is what we need to hear, this is what I need to hear, is that the power and the authority of God is not limited by your limitations. It's not limited by what people are saying God is doing or not doing. It's not limited by what politicians can enact. In any era or any season. God's word will not be chained. His plans and purposes will not be thwarted. His truth will march on in the name of Jesus. Because that's the power of God's word. When I was at O. Roberts University as a student back in the early 80's. We had chapel services. and uh, But this was not a chapel service. This was, uh, they called it Vespers which was a Sunday night service. And uh, in that Sunday night service, Brother Andrew was invited and, and, and he came. And I need to explain who Brother Andrew is to a certain segment, because he just passed away last year at age 94. But back when communists ruled over Eastern Europe, and they threw out the word of God, they thought. God would raise up people like Brother Andrew, who had this little Volkswagen, and he would pack it full of God's Word. And he would go through the border stops, and God, by the power of God, uh, story after story, he told how they would see the Bibles, and they were not to have Bibles. You couldn't bring Bibles into the, the communist countries. But yet, the guards would see him and just wave him through. And he he talked about how he took the Word of God to these underground churches and they were just consumed. And they would even take and pass out pages to the congregation because they didn't have enough Bibles for everybody. But they were just hungry. Hungry for the Word of God. And that so touched me and amazed me because... You know, I I had all these Bibles and I'm studying Bible in college and and yet I'm hearing these stories about a hunger for the Word of God. And, And I thought, God, in my heart, even though there's Bibles that I can pick up, I want that same hunger. Is that your desire? Have you lost that hunger for the bread of life? If so, let God rekindle that. Because that's what Paul spent his life doing. It was his mission to take The Word of God, the Gospel to the Gentiles. Paul talked of his chains and he writes young Timothy here at the conclusion, at the the end part of his life and ministry. But, But Timothy is just starting out as a pastor at Ephesus. And so there's so much in these epistles that bears this old apostle's heart that he is instilling in the generation that is to take the baton of the gospel and run with it. It's much like our day that we in our American setting find that we're, we're at a crucial stage of this handoff. We can't drop this handoff to this generation. People wonder what's going on with this generation. They seem so confused. Their identity and, and everything is and just under attack. I tell you what's going on. Satan's trying to steal this generation from the gospel. And it's vital for us as the people of God to draw the line in the sand and say, Satan, you cannot have this generation. For they will also be under the heritage of the Word of God and the power of the Word of God. Paul was doing that when he wrote and he wanted to bring into focus some things for Timothy and I submit to you bring into focus for us this morning. The first is this is Paul wrote that this was my gospel. When I read that, I mean I'd read it before, but when it when I read it just a few months ago it kind of hit me like, what do you mean, Paul? Your gospel. I've always felt that it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we, we hear that in other places in Scripture. But here Paul says, this is my gospel. And I just began to reflect on it. And you know how you do with the Word of God. You kind of talk to the Holy Spirit. You know, He's your teacher. And I just begin to, the Spirit of God enlarge that. What's that mean? It's just like the Lord began to explain to me, even like the psalmist David, didn't David say the Lord is my shepherd? Even though that Jesus said, I am the shepherd, David said, well, he's my shepherd. Even before Jesus chronologically came on the earth. And here Paul says, this gospel in other places, he'd say the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, this is my gospel. And it it came all together for me in my heart and my mind that this is you and I making this gospel story personal. That it is my gospel. Nobody can tell my story like I can tell my story. It's called a testimony. I can't tell your story with how Jesus saved you. How He delivered you. How He healed you. How He set you free. Only you can tell that story. But I submit, is it yours? Are you telling it? Is it on your lips and in your heart? So that it burns with a passion. There are times we have to rekindle that flame. We have to again make it personal. We have to again recount, Jesus, I'm so glad. That when I was eight years old, I bowed my knee at the altar of the Roanoke Church and gave my heart to You. I'm so glad that when I read in Revelation chapter 3, when I understand that how I overcome is by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of my testimony that I can take this testimony that You have given me. Only You could have set me free. Only You could save me. And I can tell it again. And every time I tell it, it comes with power and authority. You see, you don't need to know where the dinosaurs went and, you know, all those stories and things and things you get upset about or complexities about the Word of God. But does your neighbor neighbor know your story? Does the person you're working with, do they know your story? This is the gospel. This is how we can change This community is when you and I in this region begin to talk up what Jesus Christ has done for us. Paul, in his gospel, he said, this is my gospel. Now, the thing about this is, will it get you in trouble? Sure will. Maybe if not with your neighbor or the authorities, though that time may come, certainly when you begin to speak up, we understand that in this world we'll have tribulation. We understand that the devil's not uh, really perplexed if, if you just kind of uh, are quiet and and never share, or never make ripples on the pond of the world that we live in. But when you begin to set up and declare to this generation, as I mentioned, the importance of them receiving Jesus Christ, and that there is no other name under heaven by which men may be saved than than Jesus Christ, then that begins to be troublesome. Paul found that out in his day too. And they put physical chains on him. He, In fact, two years. He had physical chains. And those chains reminded him that he was now limited he didn't go and come like he had gone and come he he couldn't just simply again take up and go to ephesus or go to asia minor he was in chains but there's an important conjunction that he says after he says i'm in chains like a criminal He says, but God's Word is not chained. Hallelujah. This old apostle knew from walking with Jesus and talking with Jesus. After his Damascus Road conversion, he knew the power of the Word of God. He knew the power of the Gospel do you? Do we need to stop and just give some testimony time right now? We can do that. I, I can tell you about the power of God. I can tell you about a a weekend in our our church that two hundred sixty three people were saved. That was the power of the Word of God. We could go on. I could I could tell you about. My grandfather getting healed. I could tell you about me getting healed. I could tell you about Gloria and I going into a closed country during COVID that nobody was getting into. I could tell you about a son, our son, that was near death, but God raised up. I can tell you this morning that God's word is not changed. It's what I'm telling you. Hallelujah. I say that because God's Word is not just an it. Though I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful I can read it. But God's Word reads me. Because it's a person. The Word, John declared, became flesh. And made His dwelling amongst us. And we've seen His glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the father full of grace and truth he talked about the logos of god which meant the very word of god jesus christ is the word he's not limited jesus christ is not in chain the word of god is powerful because it's the authority of the expression of the of god the father to us this world what i want to ask you this morning though is this What chains are you struggling with? You may not be in physical chains, obviously you're here this morning, but inwardly are there chains that are binding you? And I I know in in church and among Christian circles we don't like to talk about those things, not polite, but can I just tell you, in my journey as a believer, I've been bound. I've had chains. We could say all kinds of different chains and it may be represented here today. Fear, worry, doubt, addictions. All of these things can come upon the body of Christ and limit our ability to carry the gospel into this world. But I'm here to declare to you that Jesus Christ has come to set you free. He come for you to realize that His Word and and faith is not bound this morning. You see, I believe that what God has dropped into my spirit, that we live in an, in an age right now that we've got to get our faith and expectations backed up. We've got to expect again that God is going to do above and beyond what we can ask or think. Hallelujah. And for some reason, uh, we've gotten into a... Uh, A a law, a routine where we have been talked out of the power and the authority of the Word of God. We've dismissed it so well, I've prayed, but. Or, you know, I've mentioned it to God, but but we kind of get into the settling mode. Am I the only one that feels that way? Am I the only one that, that seems like the church needs to rediscover the power and the authority of God? If we're to do that, it's collectively you and I deciding by faith then this is what I desire, this is what I need. But first of all, maybe there's some chains that need to drop off in Jesus name. And it can happen this morning. It can happen right now. And and I I want to just work real quickly back through Paul's examples in as we w- look back into this passage and I believe they're linked. He gives three examples. And if we're working backwards, we come to the farmer first. How can God's word be off the chain for you? Well, let's let's consider the farmer. First of all, maybe it's on the chain because if we take the opposite, if the farmer was not patient, if the farmer was not hardworking like uh, is mentioned here, then he would not receive the harvest. But God's word is not chained if we understand from the farmer that... He believes in faith that if he plants that seed into the ground, it will produce a harvest. We know from Mark's gospel, we know from Matthew, all the synoptic gospels, when Jesus gave the parable of the sower who went out to sow, there was some issues there. Some of the seed fell on the hard ground, some fell on the stony ground, some fell among thorns. All of that word was compromised. That represents chains. That represents the Word of God being stoned out of your life. But the Word of God that you receive into good soil and believe, he says, it will produce a crop. Hallelujah. Amen. The Word of God will work. The Word of God will produce in your life. The Word of God, when it comes out of your mouth and in your heart, the Word of God has power and authority. It will produce 30, 60, 100 fold. That's not me, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The Word of God is not limited nor chained. It will produce. The farmer, he says, that does this, he will receive the harvest. I'm believing for the harvest in Jesus' name for a voice of praise in 2023. I'm believing that this church will receive the harvest of souls in this community for Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That the Word of God is going to go forth and you're going to see His kingdom come, His will be done. I'm going to believe the Word of God. It's going to be fulfilled in your family in 2023. That those prodigals you've been praying over, they're going to come home in Jesus' name in this year. I believe for the harvest. We continue to work back then, uh, if we're going to uh, look at this off the chain. Uh, how about the athlete? It says uh, here, if he has to compete, if he wants to receive the victor's crown... The reward. And this imagery is common in Scripture. And so Paul uses it to great effect. He says, if the athlete is going to be the Olympic champion and get the wreath, he has to compete according to the rules. Now, how does that fit with this context about the gospel, the Word of God, not being chained? Well, I believe this. That if the athlete, if you and I that are competing in, in, in serving God... If if we will have a passion that is off the chain for the holiness of God, we'll see the move of God in our life. Yeah. But if we allow the chains of this world to weight us down, we will not receive that victor's crown that He's promised. Hebrews chapter twelve says. That we need to look to Jesus, the author, finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, Set down. He said, before that, if we would see that, then it would be up to us to lay aside every weight and the sin. Every weight and the sin that so easily besets or ensnares us. So, Paul would say, if you're going to be off the chain with the Word of God, God's Word is not chained as the athlete, then you need to come under the holiness of God. Holiness is not a bad word. It means to be set apart for God. It means that, Jesus, I want so much of you, I don't want this world and what it has to offer. I tell you what, I don't know about you, varying degrees, again, we could testify this morning, I've experienced some of what this world has, it leads me Empty. It leaves me uh depressed. It leads me to a downward path. But God's way, His way of righteousness, is a way of life. His way is a way of truth. His way is a way of freedom. His way is a way of life. And that more abundantly. Hallelujah. Have I convinced you yet? I hope so. Because God's Word is not changed. We come to the soldier in this illustration. And the soldier, he says, is the one who... Um, is under authority. Now, I love this, and this is where we want to end this morning, because it goes back and harkens back to Matthew chapter 8 in the ministry of Jesus when the centurion came and said, listen, I've, I've, I've got a servant sick. If you'll come and heal. And Jesus said, yes, I'll come. I'm sorry, he didn't say come. Jesus said, I'll come. Centurions only said, I have a servant that's sick. Jesus said, I'll come. The centurion, and this is the part that's amazing in Matthew chapter 8. The centurion replied, Lord, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word. Hallelujah. Just say the word. And my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and one comes and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. The power of the word of God. We can't fathom it. Whatever difficulty you're facing this morning, whatever hardship, it may be grief and sorrow. Maybe it's a financial mess. Maybe it's that child or grandchild you have cried hot tears over. Maybe it's that thing you've asked Jesus to forgive you for, yet you go back over and over again. And you're weeping, I just want a way out. I just want to be free. I'm telling you this morning that God's word is alive and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. That the power of the word of God, it goes forth. He says, the prophet Isaiah, I open my mouth and I watch over it to perform it. That there's a word this morning in this Sanctuary, a word of deliverance, a word that Jesus proclaimed, whom the Son sets free, is free indeed. You see, there's enough word this morning in this house to set you free from whatever difficulty that is besetting you. Again, is it fear, anxieties? Is it worry? Is it doubt? Is it just, I'm tired of being tired? I get it. I understand. But I'm here to tell you this morning, there's power in this Word of Jesus. Take all the limitations off God. Take off the, the fetters and, and look again afresh and hear the Word of God that He breathes into this space and this time. And let your faith soar that there is nothing impossible with God. All things are possible to them who believe. Hallelujah. I believe that this morning. And I want you to receive that this morning. If we could have some altar music. And bow your heads with me please. I am excited this morning. To what God wants to do in your life. Recently I, I've, I've seen man of 80 years old come to the place of salvation. Led him to Jesus with just the simple words of what he said to me. He said, Larry, I could use help with that. So I know that no matter where you are in this stage or season of life, God has a fresh word for you this morning. And so right now, Father, we're thankful for your presence. We're thankful for your authority that you've established and you've put behind your word that it is active and alive. We don't just we don't serve a dead God. We don't read a history book. But we read the living word of God who speaks a rhema word into our heart and life and brings life and empowerment. And so, Father, in this setting this morning, I pray that that'll be the case for those who need such a word that they'll receive it in their heart and their life. You say, Pastor Larry, that's, that's me this morning. I'm just dealing with some stuff Dealing with things. Jesus knows all about it. You say, I, I don't want to leave here. I need prayer. That's what church is all about. Coming together. Praying for one another. Believing God. You lift your hand and say, pray for me this morning. I need help. I need somebody to pray with me.